Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. AD. Yo. So I realized I'm just going to live in a moment. Okay. I'm living a moment. I'm going to live in a moment. I don't know if you can live any other way. I, I'm, I'm not too worried about, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what I've been doing, man. You know, every, every day's a new day. There it is for all of us. But but I'm going to live in the moment mm-hmm. because uh, it doesn't really matter what happens later in this season. It doesn't really matter what happens in the past. Oh, I know where you're going. I, I can, I can, I can, I can use my old trusted iPhone right here. I can look up the standings. Uh-huh. Look who I see at the top of the NFC West, ED. I see it. The only undefeated team in the entire NFC. Remember last week we were talking about there were seven undefeated teams in the NFL. That yes. seven has now been chopped down to three. The 49ers are one uh-huh. of them. And the lone undefeated team in the entire NFC. I'm living in the moment, ED. Okay. I'm loving it. Take it. I'm feeling Take good. It. Take it. That's it. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. It's a good thing. Now, now the trick is holding on. Hold on. It's a marathon. You got that half game right now. Because I, I, I'm, I'm not going to get happy until after Cleveland. Uh, and I said before, I expect you to spank Cleveland. I'll get happy after Cleveland once everyone is on the same playing field. Because you got that half game right now. So, technically, technically, I don't really want to get into technicalities. It's a real thing. I mean, technically, you haven't done anything yet. You know, but like like we said, technically, before, Cliff, King, Cliff Kingsbury yeah. has a tie. Hey, well, you know what? The great thing about it, and we said it, the great thing about it, about an off week is that you can't lose. Can't lose. <laughs> can't lose. You cannot lose. Niners certainly did not lose. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We're available wherever you find your podcast. So wherever you found us to listen to us just That's now, it. we're right there. Go ahead, click that subscribe button, and let us know what it is that you want to do at R Haylock on Twitter. That's at R Haylock, H A Y L O C K. And Eric is at underscore Eric Davis underscore. underscore. That's it. That's Eric with one C. Don't mess up this man's There's name. There's only one way to spell Eric. You know, I mean, some people Everybody, get crazy. No, some they, people they, get crazy, wrong. man. They, they, they get crazy, man. You know. E R I C. E R I C. Right. It. My mama said so. That's that's what his mama said. That's right. And his mama is a listener and a subscriber to this podcast. So you make <laughs> sure you do the same. It is Browns week, as you just mentioned. We're going to talk about the Browns a little bit. We're going to talk, get more into them uh, later on in the week. But as of right now, have you ever had a situation where, I don't know, maybe somebody in the media, whether it was a, a, a former player or whether it was, uh, you know, just a talking head per se, maybe said something about you or your team that you didn't necessarily agree with and you let them know about it? Of course. Yeah? Of course. Yeah, That's g- going to happen. G- give me an example of, 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 of one of those moments. Oh, well, I, I had someone uh, while I was playing with, in Carolina make a comment. There was one reporter that made a comment about how um, guys were playing as if they didn't care. 
ah. um, and, and how it was obvious that guys, you know, had just checked out and, and uh, they had given up in that game and, um, and, and that they should feel differently about, you know, what they're doing. You know, because fans are there watching. And I just called the guy out, and I just asked him. I was, I was like, at, at what point? At, at what point have you stood out there on the field, and, and how do you know what it's like? How do you know what's going through a guy's head? I said, it's one thing. You can talk about my play. You can talk about my teammates' play. You can, you can look at this and say, this guy dropped a pass. The quarterback made a bad throw. Uh, you know, the defensive back gave up a touchdown. But don't sit here and tell me what I should have been doing and how I should be thinking and how I feel. So when you start getting into that, you're talking about things you don't know about. And I told the guy, I was like, you never had jock itch in your life. <laughs> how are you going to tell me what it's like to be out there in this huddle? Like you, have, you know nothing about it. So just because you stand in this locker room with a microphone and you're around guys, don't act like you know what it's like to be in that arena. Because I was like, you know, there's 80,000 people there. It's a completely different view top down as opposed to bottom up. The way you see what's happening out there. So, yes, I've, it's I've a lot had, hotter on that field. I've had I've, I've done that before and I and I really never really like going there. But unless someone did that, and even as an analyst myself, I've always tried to do that. And I've had people ask me, like, how is it when you run up on the guys? Because I still talk to a lot of guys that play now um, and I will always do that. And they're like, how is it when you make a comment about a guy and you walk up on him? And I was like, well, I've never said anything about these people personally. I, like, if, if, you know what? I can look at the film and say, well, okay, that was a bad read. That was a bad play. I'm not saying the person is a bad player. He's a bad person. <laughs> you know, he can't think. I, I don't get into those personal things, but a bad play is a bad play, and you can point it out. It's the act, not the person, right? Uh, yes, yes. Well, that's, always what, that's what we're talking yeah. about. But when you, so back to your original question, have I had to say something to? And that was just that was a minor thing right there. Um, I could get into a little bit more detail on some where you had to call people out. But yes, it's when you when you try to make it personal as to what a guy should be thinking. He should have done this, and it's stupid for him to do that. Have got you know say that was a stupid thing for him to do, and I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? You don't, you don't know enough about the X's and O's to know what's smart and what's illogical. And that's the part when you start trying to get into that. That's when I, it, it would bother me. So I ask you that because a huge topic on this show seems like weekly is, is Richard Sherman, right? We, mm-hmm. we love Richard Sherman. Sherman's never been uh, shy about expressing his opinion, right? Uh-huh. And, and there's this narrative going around about these Niners, and they're 3-0, and yeah, but, right, they haven't played anybody. Their opponent's records are combined 1-8. and uh, You know, they've, they've had a, an easy, a quote-unquote easy schedule, right? And so there's this big matchup inside the, the NFC West this week, Thursday night, matter of fact, between uh-huh. the Rams and the Seahawks, and people are, are just um, at national levels, maybe even local levels as well, talking about this matchup as if it's, you know, the key to the NFC West will be had by the winner of this particular matchup when both these teams are looking up at the 3-0 San Francisco 49ers. So over the weekend, Richard Sherman on his bye week, uh, he's watching, you know, the Rams and, 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 yes. and, and the Buccaneers game mm-hmm. like, like many of us. 
And Ryan Clark, he's a national personality. Used to play the game. Played, I know Ryan. Played, played for the Steelers. Played for uh, the Washington Redskins. And he, he's one of the best in the business. One of the best at what, at what he does, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, since making this transition from the football field uh, to his role as an analyst. Agreed. And, agreed. And he tweeted, the breaks are totally off in L.A. because the Bucks have beat them all the way off. Right? Mm-hmm. Rams were getting that work on Sunday, right? We're, we're just not their defense, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, their defense, definitely. Offense, they, they scored their points or whatnot. But defensively, they, they were getting that work, mm-hmm. right? Jameis, Jameis looked like a whole nother, another guy. Somebody actually tweeted me during the game saying, Jameis actually looks like a number one pick during this game, right? And remember, remember, I was talking about that, and I was like, Tampa's not as bad as everyone and, and thinks I, they I are. I think Bruce Arians is 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 a, a huge yeah. key because that offense yes. is going to get He's a better and better yes. and better, right? And so Richard Sherman replied, "But when we beat the Bucks, the conversation was different." And he had the emoji where the guy kind of shrugs his shoulders. And it's funny how that works, RC, RC meaning Ryan Clark. It's funny how this narrative is happening, right? How you know, the Bucks get credit for what they did to the Rams, which they should. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. But the shoe's on the other foot. 49ers go down there. Hot, muggy Tampa opening week. Yeah. They handle their business. Defense, couple pick sixes. They don't get the credit. Even still, three weeks, four weeks now into the season, everybody's still a quarter of the season for the most part, minus the Niners. Who, you know, they've only played three games. Um, but they're just not getting that credit. And... A part of me is upset, but another part of me is is, is thinking, like, that's fine. Just kind of let everybody kind of talk and, and kind of overlook you and your Cal Shanahan and company. You just kind of just go about your business and, and, and let your play on the field do the talking. Oh, How are you responding to that? It's neither here nor there. It's neither here nor there. Well, first of all, comments are going to be made off of expectations. Uh, for, the Niners played Tampa week one. The expectations – were that the Niners had an opportunity, I mean, you know, national sentiment, but the Niners had an opportunity to possibly get over the hump this season. The expectations of Tampa were to be a dumpster fire. Niners go down and you beat Tampa, and everyone expected you nationally. The expectations were there that you're supposed to beat them. Fast forward to... The Rams playing them. The Rams are undefeated. The Rams, you know, they are coming out. They're the defending NFC champions. Um, that's another thing that kills me. They are, they are so proud to say that they are defending <laughs> NFC champions. You know what? That That's a big – I mean, you gotta, you gotta banner of ring. That, that's a big it's, ring it, saying you got your ass kicked. It's the little things. That's, dude, come on. That's that's a big ring walking around saying that you lost. Hey, I'm, Stop I'm, it. I'm celebrating Stop 3-0 it. right now. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the Rams yeah, doing yeah, it, yeah. like the NFC championship. Now, you lost. That's a big, that's, that's, they no, got stop handled. talking about that. Belichick put them paws stop, on. Them. Stop talking about that. Uh, oh, it, but so the expectations at that point are that the Rams are supposed to roll over it. So a lot of it, the way the national sentiment is going to be based, the way analyst sentiment is going to be based on a performance is their expectations, their own personal expectations going into the game. So that's, that's what happened. So Ryan Clark expected them. To, he expected Tampa to not be a good team. Didn't know what the Niners were going to be. He expects the Rams to beat Tampa because they're not supposed to be a good team. So now you're like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. That's that's what's happening. Sherm is absolutely right in his feeling because you're, you're the guy out there grinding. You're the guy grinding. You know what you have before any of us see it. 
you know the chemistry that's building within that locker room. You're watching the film every day. You see the plays that guys make uh, daily that others don't get to see. And you understand how those guys feel about those plays, whether or not they lucked into them, <laughs> whether or not they understand how they made it and can repeat it. All these things start happening. So that's that's I, I get what he's saying. Really, neither one really matters. Sherm's opinion, uh, Ryan's opinion, neither one really matters. Bottom line, it boils down to the next game. The relevance of your last win is is validated by your next by game. your next win, and yeah. that's what the Niners are. Because, like you said, you're sitting here. We're all happy. The colors are undefeated. Guess what? You get to stay undefeated Monday night. That's what matters. How how did you? I mean, you played on some some really good teams with some very high expectations, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know this to be fact, but I would imagine there there was a point in time where maybe you know there was some disrespect towards you or your team per se. I mean, how, how do guys handle that inside the locker room where maybe they don't feel like they're getting the credit that they deserve? Uh, you go out and you make plays. Uh, yeah, there was a uh, guy. We were always disrespected as a defense. Really? Of course, because everything was about the offense. That was okay. Everything everything with the 49ers was about the offense. Everything was about the West Coast offense and the high-scoring offense and that beautiful offense. And, and even down to a point to where people would say that, you know, the Niners are a finesse team. There was nothing finesse about Ronnie Lott and that, Chet that, Brooks that's, and Jeff that, That's Fuller disrespectful and, to a defense. And, and Michael Carter and Fagan, uh, Tim McDonald. I mean, I can go down the list. You, you know, there was, nothing, there was nothing finesse about the way we played football. But that was because it was such a beautiful offense and the way things were done. It was always about the, it was always about the offense. I remember a game early in my career. We lost a Monday night game up in Cleveland, and um, we had five turnovers that game, five turnovers, and they were all inside of our 50-yard line, on our side of the field. And we lost the game, I think, by like six points or something like that. And the next day, it was – Is that the Michael Jackson game? It was – yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yes. Good knowledge, man. (laughs) And the the next day, it was all about what the defense didn't do, how the defense let us down how the defense needed to get better and the secondary was this and all of this stuff and everything. I, I mean, that's, that's how it was. It, that, was, that, was the, that was the point of view. So much, George Seifer called me up in his office after that game and said, and, and this is the type of pressure. So you talk about the pressure and how you had to deal with it. This is how we played at, in that time. George Seifer, after that game, George Seifer called me up into the office and he said, Eric, um, how, he, you know, how you feel and all this stuff and everything. We were sitting down. He was talking. I was like, man, why am I up here? <laughs> like, why do I have to come see the principal? And, he's, and his comment was, there is a chemistry problem in the secondary. He said, I feel like there's a chemistry problem in the secondary. And this is a key phrase in all of this, key part in all of that. If anything goes wrong from this point on, I'm sitting you down. Not if you play poorly. Not if you don't pick it up. Not if, not if, if anything that you have control uh, over, uh, control of, it is affected it, moving forward. If anything goes wrong in the secondary, I'm sitting you down. It's a my message, co- message sent. My comment was okay. 
I was like, is that it? And he was like, yes. So you say, how do you handle it? You just go out and play. You go out and you play and you make plays. And, 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 and the flip side of that is that I never got sat down. There were two other guys started every game that I started while I was with the 49ers, Steve Young and Jerry Rice, my entire time that I was there. From the time I hit the starting lineup until I left as a free agent. So I never got sat down because I just always felt like do my job. So that's how you do it. When you're, when you're feeling disrespected, when you, feel, when you feel like, okay, they're gunning for you, all you can do is go out and play, get better, improve, and take it upon yourself. And that's why Sherman is such a good player, um, and that's why I like the fact that he's on the team. What you have to do is take it upon yourself and say, hey, if I do my job, we'll win. That's, and that's how I viewed it. And, and, I, and I love, that's why I loved playing with Merton, Dion, um, Tim McDonald. That was, one of the, that was one of the greatest things. And that's why I know those guys love me the way they love me now because, Ray Sean, you're the offensive coordinator. You see Tim McDonald, the all pro, Merton Hanks, the all pro. You got um, Prime, the all pro. And then the other guys, Eric, well, he hasn't made, he's not an all pro yet. So who you go try? They go after you. You go go after me. So I knew going into every game that if I play well, we got a good shot of winning. We won a Super Bowl. Okay. Mic drop. I, I, and I knew that they were going to come at me. And that's so. What you do is you don't view it as disrespect. You view it as an opportunity to do you. Period. Opportunity to do you go go out and, and make more plays. I would like to take credit for that that Michael Jackson reference I just mentioned. But I work with a couple of Browns fans. They were talking about it the other day at work, so I, I, I just, <laughs> it, it, it stuck it, it stuck with me. Um, nonetheless, it is Browns week. Obviously, um, a lot of people are excited. It's Browns and the Niners on a Monday night. We'll get into that later in the week. But a whole lot of Niners news uh, to get to. Um, Pro Football Focus came out with their grades, uh-huh. and they had a Niner graded as the the number one player in the entire league not just the number one player at his position but the number one player in the entire league like regardless of position uh-huh. and of course that player was none other than than George Kittle yeah. i think it says a lot about Kittle when you consider from a number standpoint i mean he set the world on fire last year right uh-huh. he he has he's not quite on par to to meet those numbers once again this season but you talk about it every week eric like he's doing it in so many different phases um especially in in, in the run blocking game yeah how instrumental is he to you know not, not just the success that this team is having but just being a guy being one of your best players that's going out there each and every day and putting putting the work in uh it that's huge it's it's one thing when you see a guy it's one thing when a guy has these um accolades and uh, he walks into a room and he's talking to guys and coaches are talking about him but it's another when you see them actually doing it you it's one when you know for a young player to see someone come in and the coach and, and the game plan comes up and things are designed around someone and then they actually do it it, it you you learn how to work at that level. You learn how to perform at that level. When you see someone putting it down, I, I you know I was privy to that. Seeing guys study things a certain way, work a certain way, then perform on game day a certain way. Uh, that's huge. When when that person comes through all the time, and that says a lot, and it, and it helps out a team tremendously because to be good, to win a championship, uh, to 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 be a perennial contender. Things that have to happen. 
Your stars have to be stars. Because it's all about knowing your role. You got to know your role. You got to take pride in your role. Uh, and, and to win, definitely to be a championship team. Know your role, take pride in your role. And stars have to be a star. Each and every week. Your stars got to make star plays. Kittle's a star. He's got to perform, whether it's a run, whether it's a pass, whether it's the decoy route. You need your stars to be stars. Your role players have to know their, pro, know their role and take pride in it and understand that I'm not going to get as many reps as the next guy, but these reps are just as important. And then you got to have a few surprises. you gotta, you got you to gotta have a guy where you're wondering, hey, Witherspoon, is Witherspoon, is this the year it's going to happen? And, and then all of a sudden it happens in a big way. That's what you have to have to have a championship team. you got to have those things going. But Kittle coming in, Kittle's a star. I expect him to perform like a star because he's the real deal, and he's doing it. He, he has the highest grade through four, through the first four weeks of a season of any player in the entire league. Who, who, who are some guys that you played with that were maybe Kittle-esque in the sense that they were stars, but they were also willing to do the dirty work as well? Uh, pick up, name them, man. Jerry Rice, John Taylor, um, Brent Jones. Brent Jones. Um I mean, I can I can stay on the offensive side of the, on the offensive side of the ball. William Floyd, um, I, you know, again, Ricky Waters. Rick, people people had people had no idea how much pride Ricky took in making a block for someone. I, I I think he as much as he would ask for the ball and he wanted the ball in his hand. I think he enjoyed just blowing up a linebacker so that William Floyd could get two yards in the first down. <laughs> On a third and short, then, then you know anything. He he enjoyed he enjoyed that part of the game. Um, I mean, j- you know, just grimy Tim McDonald, just grimy. Well, you knew these guys were gonna make plays that they would do anything that they possibly could to get it done. Um, I, I mean, I could I could go across the board. There's so it's it's easy to name the um, you know the exposed players. You know, at at the at the wide receiver positions and things like that. But I'm but I just just the dirty D lineman. You know, the way Harris Barton used to play, Kevin Fagan. I mean, I didn't play with him but one year. But Richard Dent, it was a thing of beauty. It was a thing of beauty when on those pull plays where they would try to pull on those OG plays and they try to pull the, the guard and tackle around. And the way Richard Dent would go in and just chop all of that down and just blow everything up. Was never going to show up in a stat book. There's, he wasn't going to get a tackle. He wasn't going to get a pressure. But there would be nobody else coming around that corner, and all I had to do was make a tackle because he just took out their entire <laughs> blocking scheme and the pride that he took in doing that. So th- that, those are the things that go along with a team being being a good team, and that's why you, you keep talking. And that's why I always harp on Kittle. And just, and just the way he blocks and the way it helps out the run game and the way it causes an, a defensive coordinator to still have to account for him whenever he's on the field, it opens up things for other guys. Uh, during the bye, of course, Niners didn't play. Um, Jerry Rice was down in Arizona. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you're, you're a former teammate, a, a guy a guy that, that you know well, and he was down there with uh, – with Larry Fitzgerald, we Fitz, yeah. yeah. So, so a little bit of history history made um, over the weekend. Larry mm-hmm. Fitzgerald uh, recorded his one thousand three hundred twenty six catch to pass Tony Gonzalez for for number two all time. Now he still trails 
uh, Jerry Weiss by some 200. Well, everybody will trail and, Jerry forever. And 23 catches. That, that's that's a, I know, records are made to be broken. Jerry's rights will Jerry Rice's record will never be broken. Well, this is the interesting thing about that, right? He was there. He congratulated Larry yeah. Fitzgerald a, a, after the game, and then uh, recently he said that he thinks Fitz could break his record. No, you don't think so. You won't play that long. Well, this is what Jerry said. Jerry said. Fitz is only in, in his 16th year. Jerry said he played 20. He said he with, fi- 20. with mm-hmm. Fitz's condition, mm-hmm. and I'm paraphrasing here, he said with, with, with Fitz's conditioning and the way he plays the game, um, with him being on par for 92 catches this season, he feels like it's a good chance uh, to, for, for Fitz to be able to break it. But he did throw in one caveat, though. And he, he said he, he told him even if he does break it, Jerry said, I got 36 more records that you probably <laughs> won't touch. Well, yes. That, you, there's that. But then to the think about Jerry's record, the reason Jerry's record won't be broken, because first of all, you're going to have to play 20 years. You're going to have to play 20 years at a high level. You're going to have to play 20 years with a high-level quarterback. Because it's incredible that Fitz has done what he's right? done with the jump he's had to play with at the quarterback position. So the uh, so he's going to have to get Kyler playing at such a high level. Now, one thing that he does have going in his favor, and Fitz is probably the only person that will have a chance to come close to it, is the the amount of passes that you throw in a game now. I mean, guys. I mean, I mean, what the Rams threw the ball sixty something times the other day. Yeah. If if we played a game back in the day and they where they would throw the ball sixty times, Jerry would have had thirty catches. Yes. It's, I mean, you, you just didn't do that. No one no one threw the ball that much. So the game has changed. So that, that helps out a lot, just the style of play that you have. But it's just it's the whole longevity thing. It's, it's the health aspect of it. And then the most important aspect is having a quarterback. Remember, Jerry played his career with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. That helped. Some pretty good guys he played so, with. So, I mean, so, I mean that, that actually helps out. That helps out. A lot when you're a receiver. What, what was your first <laughs> encounter with, with Jerry when, when you think about, like, what was that first time it kind of struck you like, oh, this is the reason why this guy is Jerry Rice? Okay. And you know what? The, it, was, it was actually later in my career that I had known Jerry. Well, it was like, because I was, I, it was fun. I was never in awe of that situation, even coming from a little tiny school. And I think part of that is because of just the mindset and the family feel of, of the locker room. I, you know, when I got drafted, I had already been there. They had brought me in, and this was back before teams was doing that. They had already brought me in, and I didn't realize what it was at the time. Later, as I, um, you know, became a veteran around there, I realized what they were doing because I became a part of it. But they brought me in several times. They flew me in from, from Alabama, and I was here and, you know, around the guys and everything. So when I got drafted, Ronnie just kind of took me under his wing, and, and all the other guys, I just hung out with him. So I was never in awe of him. It was just you just go out and you just practice. And very first minicamp, you know, we, we're out there. I'm covering Jerry. We go on a deep ball. I knock it down. And I, it was like, okay, that's what you're supposed to do. And it wasn't like one of these things. That was like the first time I ever covered him. It was just, you know, I made the play. So you go back. And <laughs> so at just, that moment, you didn't realize, like, you, yo, I just no, defended no, 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 because Jerry it was, Rice? it was football. That's what I had always done. It was just playing football. And everyone assumed that I was going to be in awe of coming from a small school going there. But I told people, and I, and I say this to this day, the way the mindset was at my college and my coaching staff, it was pretty much what I walked into with the Niners. You were expected to play well. You were expected to do your job. You were expected to do it at a high level. 
compete on every single play, every single day. And that's kind of what I walked into. Now, I just happened to walk into it and like all of these guys, you know, Joe Montana's and Jerry Rice's and all of these guys. Uh, but now what, what, when I really realized that Jerry was that dude and he just wasn't normal, um, it was probably, it may have been my third or fourth year, or maybe fourth, we were in Rockland in training camp. Hot day, second practice. It's like 110, 112. That 3 o'clock practice in Rockland was hot. Hot. Every day. That sounds awful. Oh, it was, it was just hot. And we were out there. And you know what? And this was actually, no, this was actually, this was 94. Because Mike Shanahan, it was either 90, it could have been 93 or 94. But Shanahan was the offensive coordinator. Jerry, I'm covering Jerry. He has a clearing route. They snapped the ball. And I don't know the first snap. I don't know. So they snapped the ball. I'm up in press coverage on Jerry. He's running 100 miles per hour down the field, so I got to cover him. So we're both running up the sideline, and then, you know, something. Mike Shanahan starts yelling. Someone had moved. Guy McIntyre or somebody had moved. We come back. We run it again. Jerry takes off 100 miles per hour. I got to cover him because he's running 100 miles per hour. It's 112 degrees. Something happened. Tight end ran the wrong route. Because Jamie, Jamie, um, God, why can't I think of Jamie's last name right now? Spidey. God, I can, you go, that's the hits in the head. It'll come to me in a second. But he runs the wrong – something happened with his route, the timing of it. We run it again. This is the third time. Okay? 100 miles an hour, Jerry takes off. We come back fourth time. Now, this time, Jerry, we come back on the fourth time. Now, this time, Jerry's cussing now. He's yelling <laughs> at people and all this stuff and everything. So, number four, we take off. And I'm like, okay, he's going to – he takes off 100 miles per hour again. Remember, I started this off by saying he has a clearing route. The ball's not coming Just a clearing route. It's not coming. It's 112 degrees outside. He's he's running his route like we are down by three and the Super Bowl is on the line. And he is all out flying, and I have to cover him, (laughs) okay? And And this is like fourth time in a row. True story, something went wrong again. He didn't say anything. We ran this five times in a row. All five times, he goes 100 miles per hour. And that's when I was just like, this dude's not normal. That's just because his thing was, I want every single play, every single day, to be the way I'm going to do it. And that's that's what that team was all about. You do everything because we never hit. We never. The guys always talk about now, like these guys can't tackle because they don't tackle in practice. We never tackled in practice. We rarely even had on pads. But you can play the game full speed and do everything the way you're supposed to do it. So once you got out there game day, it was just doing it again. And that's how Jerry was. And that's that's when I realized like this dude is he's just that's that's his way. He's just not. He's not like everybody else. He he doesn't take a play off. He doesn't it, – at no point does he ever think it's good enough. And that sort of raised the level of everything around. That was kind of the, that was kind of the standard that and, – and, you know, there were older guys that taught that to him, how Roger got that in him to, to pick it up, and he took it to another level, and, you know, and Steve and Tim on defense and running. So it, everything was, had to be done at the highest level, so you got to reach your full potential. This is the type of content you get here on the Believe in 49ers podcast. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I am Rashawn Haylock. 
it's Cleveland week. We're going to get into the Cleveland Browns a little bit later in the week, but some good stories from you today, ED. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, you just keep pulling this stuff out of my head, man. Jamie Williams. I told you I was going to remember his name, man. There it goes. <laughs> Sorry about that, Spidey. It only took, only took a couple seconds. We got it. The, great stories by you. He is Super Bowl champion Eric Davis. I'm Rashawn Haylock. This is the Believe in 49ers podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you later this week. This was fun. Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back. All right. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.